When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Boinker's Boink Spiracy Time Boinkcast. With I am your Boink host, Boink Boink, and Boink with me as Boinkways is your Boink host, Boinky Boink. Boink hello, Boink Boinkers. Boink Boinkers. Boink 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 Boink. Who gives a Boink and Boink? I don't <laughs> boink and boink anymore, dude. No, dude. I'm just boinking. Jeez. I mean, boink. I'll tell you one thing. I used to boink every boink and boink every boink. But now, I, I probably don't boink any more than boink times a boink. It's boinking boinkulous. Uh, it is boinkdiculous. Um, boinkdiculous. Andy, speaking of boinkdiculous. Hello, it is me, boinkdiculous. I am a vampire. In the, where I'm from, I want to boink your boink, boink Sylvania. <laughs> the I don't go by count; I go by boink. That's the hereditary tale where title where I'm from. In boink Sylvania, <laughs> I'm boink Dicula. This is so. This is the lowest of all. I lows. want to boink your boink. This is the lowest of all lows. Blah. <laughs> boink. <laughs> Oh, don't open that curtain or I'll boink. <laughs> I can't be exposed to natural boink. Um, Look in the boink. <laughs> you will notice you cannot see my boink flexion. <laughs> we must boink him with a boink through the boink. Yes, you must have met my cousin, Count Chocula. <laughs> well, I'm Count Boinkdicula. 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 Andy, we have a Boinkdiculous topic today. Uh, this is one of Scotland's... Oh! Scotland's premier uh, UFO abduction stories. Oh! Yeah. Then I'm going to love it. It's me, Mrs. Doltfair. <laughs> the classic Robin Can Williams I? character. 
That's right. R.I.P. Robin Williams. And, um, you know, Bunkfunkers, this one is uh, it's a it's a famous one. It's well known throughout Scotland. And, um, mm. you know, the uh, Ministry of Defense even fucking looked into it for a, for a spell. Is Nick Pope going to make an appearance in this episode? Probably. He's he's part of it. Oh, man. That footage of Nick Pope. Uh, what was that outside of Rendlesham? Yeah, that guy's a boinker or wherever. And he like wouldn't go in. He's boinking. Well, we can't get in. Well, nothing we could do there. Anyway, I guess we're boinked. I guess we're boinked. Uh, uh, it's the A seventy UFO incident, or or usually just the A seventy incident. Mm-hmm. This took place on the A seventy road outside of Edinburgh. Uh, two friends, uh, allegedly, the capital of Scotland. That's all right. And allegedly got uh, abducted by some aliens, and wow. they had a frightening experience. And you're not boinking me right now? I ain't boinking you, dude. I'm not boinking your I'm not pulling your boink. I'm not boinking you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, don't boink my doink, dude. I'm not boinking you around. I'm not yeah. boinking your doink. Yeah, don't boink my doink. I want to hear about some alien abductions, dude. Bugbuckers, if you can't wait to get all to this boinking action. We'll we'll fucking uh, boinking check out the show notes, man. You can just boink your podcast app yeah. into the future. There's a boink stamp. Check yeah. it out. It'll tell you when the research begins because first, <laughs> Andy and I, if, and if this is your first episode, hmm? you probably the, aren't going to come back. Welcome to the Boinker Dome. Let's just say that. <laughs> you've probably already turned it off. Yeah, you've turned it off a long time before this. <laughs> we look forward to your one-star reviews. <laughs> Bring them. Bring them. We love them. We fucking lap them up. All you have to do is type in all caps, not funny, and that's good enough for us. <laughs> but if you really want to go hard on us, please do. Um. So, Andy, how did we get... We got captured again this week. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. But, yeah, we did. Uh, Well, you know, Boing Foinker says, you know, we've got... um. We're usually up to something during the week. I mean... We're up to no good. We get abducted. We come here. We do this. But... During the week, we have our own lives, and Art and I, um, we opened an Etsy shop recently. You've heard of this. You've heard of Etsy. Etsy's like this uh, website where- You can just sell bullshit. You can just, people make stuff, and they sell shit on there. Yeah, stupid, uh, bull, stupid bullshit. So we said- Fucking well, dumbass arts and crafts. Well, we said, well, what the boink? Why don't we get on this what Etsy thing? What the boink? Thing? And so we, we found this company who wholesales little like figurines, like sort of like precious moments type of deals. And so- we start selling them on an Etsy shop. I mean, we're lying to people. We're saying they're handmade or whatever, but, you know, whatever. Who gives a fuck? It's just Etsy shit. So, you know, you get into figurines, whatever. We're sourcing them for you. It doesn't matter if I mean, we're that's lying That's Etsy's tagline. It. It's Etsy. Who gives a fuck? It's Etsy shit. Who gives a fuck? I don't fucking care. That's their tagline. The that's Etsy. their fucking tagline. We are representatives for Etsy. Right. Um, so, whatever. We get our Etsy shop, and you, you know just what? Fucking, you, just, you just spin up a shop. You just put mm-hmm. shit on there. Right. You're like, I made this. This is handmade. You know, we do a little... I mean, I'm making it sound like we don't do any work, but we do some work. We got to source these figurines. We got to pick which ones we want. We yeah. put them on the shop. We make little descriptions like, oh, well, when I made this one, I was like going through a really hard time because... My dog got shot by my neighbor and then my neighbor had sex with my wife and then my wife left me for my neighbor and she moved in right across the street from me. <laughs> and then my kids all burned down my car on accident at a, <laughs> a you know, a, 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 a monster jam rally. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like you just stay in all this stuff and then it's like it's a, you know, it's like an adult man riding a bicycle. It's the figurine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's. That's a hot seller, adult man hot. riding bicycle. People want that figurine. People want that one. 
He's not in shape. He's not like a cyclist. Right, right, it's just right. an adult man in casual clothes riding yeah. a bicycle. Regular bicycle. Right. Not even a mountain bike. Just a regular bicycle. Yeah. Uh, it's a popular one. But so you make up these little stories. We got to try, you know, we're trying to sell these figurines. And of course, you know, we're buying them wholesale. We're getting a pretty good deal on these figurines. So we're making a little bit of scratch from some. Oh, the margins are through the roof, baby. Margins. There's like 60, 70% markups on these things. I'm, mm-hmm. sell- I'm selling these fucking figurines. It's amazing what people will pay when you tell them something's handmade. Right. You tell them it's handmade. You just completely fabricate the story mm-hmm. because people really want to buy the story. Right. Of, you know, like, you know, yeah, like this, this was a handmade, passed down through the generation sort of deal. Right. You know, I sourced all the fucking paints from some remote mountainous region of Iceland mm-hmm. where paints come from. And then, like, mm-hmm. you know, I fucking painted this this whole this this like shitty fucking eagle perched on a stupid branch over some kind of dumbass river. And, you know, it's like, oh, I was like, you know, I was lost in the wilderness for like eight years because I got separated from, you know, a cruise that I was taking up there in Alaska and I just started walking off and I lived amongst the bears and the other forest critters and like all this stupid bullshit. Yeah. And then you just tell them that you can't get the taste of raw meat out of your system right, and right. you got to eat raw meat all the time. Right. And, and now I'm, I'm one of these guys. You see me on TikTok and you'll see me on other places where I'm saying carnivore diet, carnivore diet. Like all you need mm-hmm. to eat is meat. It's so fucking easy. Mm-hmm. You can look as good as me. I look like a dried out piece of burlap sack. Um, I, my nipples have no color. I'm all one color. My whole body is the same color. It's like that old man, Florida tan. And, but I'm, I'm beefed up and I'm jacked and it's because I'm eating only meat. It's not because I'm taking TRT. And you put those kind so of stories. anyway, that's the story. And people buy that Eagle. That Eagle's a oh great seller. Oh my God, they fucking buy that stupid bullshit up. <laughs> so... We're we're doing pretty good business through we're our doing shop. great. Doing great business. That thing costs like a dollar to make. Yeah. And you know it doesn't even look like an eagle. We got some regulars. We got some regular customers. Yeah. We got this one guy. Right. Really into the figurines. Yeah. Cheeseburger smokes. Yeah, cheeseburger smokes is his username. Cheeseburger smokes sixty nine. This guy this is fucking dumbass. He is so into these figurines. And he keeps telling us about the beautiful craftsmanship yeah. and how you can really tell it's hand painted. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, buddy. Never painted anything in my life. So he's he's really into the figurines. and But he gets a little too into it. Yeah. He starts asking us, like, oh, do you take commissions? It's like, Geez. And we had to keep putting him off. We're like, you know, we don't do commissions. It's not our bag. That's not our thing. We're inspired by our own experience, not by your stupid life that we don't care about. Your life doesn't inspire me because I don't care about you. Yeah. You are a mark to me. I mean, a customer to me. <coughs> and so we're like going back and forth with him and the guy's really insistent. So eventually we're like, fuck, like he could, he might pull his business and yeah. he's 91% of our customers. He's bought every single figurine. <laughs> every figurine we sold, except for a couple that we tricked my mom into buying. And so we're worried about losing. <laughs> We're worried about losing this guy as a customer. So we're like, okay, let's we call up the, we call up the figurine factory. Yeah. And we call him up and we're like, Hey, we've been buying a lot of these figurines and we got our, we got a, we've been reselling them and, and we got a guy that wants custom. Can you do custom orders? Right. 
And they're like this, and the person that answered, I don't know, had this really like gruff voice. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we can, we can do a custom order. You just got to come down here and we'll take some molds of your bodies yeah. for the figurines. You got to be nude huh. to do it. But come on down here with no clothes on and then we'll put you in these molds. And we said, is that a stipulation that we have to travel nude? And they they confirmed that yes, we had to uh, we had to because he said come on down here with no clothes on. Right, so that implies that we're taking their clothes off before we get there. And he basically said, I don't care when you take your clothes off, but when you enter this factory, you must be nude. And that is, we will not let you in if you are not naked. So whatever, we drove there in the nude. So whatever, we drove there in the nude, as as you do. We do what we we tried to do this. So we go down there to the to the factory. We're naked and we walk into the factory and there is literally nobody working. There's nobody there. Which was nice. It seemed like they did some sort of like, you know, okay, we have some nudes coming in. Mm-hmm. So give them a little privacy. A little privacy please on set. So we're like, "Hey, hello." Ding dong. Doorbell. Ring ring telephone. Hello. Yo, is anybody here? Hello. And so out of the side of one of the walls, like this little door down by the by the bottom of the floor, like this thing just slides up. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden these these like little dwarves come out and there's they have that they have that same Florida tan body. They've got like Einstein haircuts, like Bright white hair. Give me the Einstein. They're wearing like corduroy overalls. They're dressed like Wario. Mm-hmm. And they start coming out and they're like doing this little acrobat routine and they're like singing a song. Right. About the dangers of being inside this plant with no clothes on. And while they're singing, all of a sudden you hear this. <laughs> and the floor underneath both of us opens yeah. up. Yeah. And we fall <clears throat> into this like chamber. And we're like looking around. It's like smooth metal. There's nothing to climb. So smooth. And then all of a sudden, the floor closes above us. It's like pitch dark. And then we hear this. And all this gas fills the air. And then everything just goes dark. For me, at least. And then we woke up here in the bunker. And when we get out, it turns out we were frozen in carbonite, just like hand solo. Yeah, let's just say our little fingers weren't the only things poking through the carbonate. Our little little ding-dongs were, our little boinkers. Both of us apparently had erections. Little doinks. Because there were a lot of photos. Horny dwarves. You know, even though we were out of the carbonite, there were a lot of pictures left around the bunker of us in the carbonite. Yeah, apparently the dwarves pulled us out. The carbonite, they're pointing at our penises, laughing, mm-hmm. doing, making like small jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out, you know, obviously that both Cheeseburger 69 and the owner of the figurine factory was Mr. Bunker. I mean, who could have guessed that? Cheeseburger smokes 69. Yeah. That could be anybody. Could be any username on the internet. I mean, it's not, it's not, not weird. Cheeseburger smokes 69. <laughs> just feel so like taken advantage of it's a really good business but we got to shut it down now because it's pretty apparent that our 
Well, our, we got our fucking main wholesalers. We can't use that anymore. Yeah, that was a bad experience. I got to leave a one-star review. Yeah. I have to. If we can find another figurine wholesaler. I mean, it seems like Cheeseburger Smoke 69. I'm not going to sell to him anymore. No. But no, we, we're we can maybe trick him. my mom some more to buying more figurines. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can scam your mom out of some more cash. Yeah. her bucks. Yeah. I'll tell her I made them. She won't know. But yeah, bunk burgers were frozen in carbonate. So, you know, sometimes fucking shit happens, dude. Seriously. I mean, it's hard to blink and believe that that kind of thing would happen to us. But nobody really talks about how similar the little helpers on Bespin were to the Oompa Loompas. That's right. In Willy Wonka. But coincidence? I think not. That's the real conspiracy we're talking about today, boink funkers. The little people that helped out at Bespin, Cloud City, and also... The Oompa Loompas. What's you know, Andy, you bring up uh, being frozen in carbonite. You bring up Cloud City. You making all these Star Wars references. One, you're because you're a fucking dork. But two, <laughs> great segue because uh, today, well, there's kind of another reference to Star Wars. I don't want to give it away just yet. Oh wow! But even within this A70 incident, which is one of Scotland's premier, uh, fucking and and Scotland, home of. Obi-Wan Kenobi's main actor, who wasn't Alan Guinness, Ewan McGregor. Yes, famous actor Alan Guinness. What was he? Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness, fuck. He's pissed off a lot of people. Oh, man. The other dorks are going to come for you now. Oh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Yeah, let's talk about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, how it should have been a fucking two-hour movie instead of a six-episode series. It was only six episodes? Yeah, it wasn't I haven't watched it. It wasn't very good. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, we'll get into that and more, Andy, here on the A70 incident here on Mr. Bunkers. What's the name of the show? Uh, Mr. Boinkers Boink Spiracy Time Boinkcast. Yeah. Boink. Boink. Boink-a-doink. Andy, quit your giggling. Oh, man. Because in 1992, the year of my birth, two men, Whoa. Colin Wright and Gary, Gary Wood, uh, claimed that they were abducted by aliens while driving in Scotland. Uh, the men went through some intense hypnosis sessions, Andy, mm-hmm. to recall the events that they reported had taken place, and the Ministry of Defense even got involved. This is a UFO encounter embedded in UFK, U, UK history known as the A70 incident. It's probably, I would argue, you know, this is up for debate, but I would argue one of Scotland's premier UFO stories. Okay. Where does this rate in the... I don't know. Okay. <laughs> don't even finish that thought. Shut your yap. Because the A70, Andy, because that's the very road. This took place on, right? Yeah. So on August 27th, 1992, two friends, Colin Wright, 25 years old, and Gary Wood, 33 years old, and an ambulance technician. I don't know what Colin did for a living. But we do know that Gary Wood was a former ambulance technician. Does that mean like an EMT or does it mean like he's a mechanic? He was a mechanic mechanic who only worked on ambulances. Wow, what a job. Yeah. So I don't know, Bugfuckers, what do you work for? The NHS? where, Where was that housed? I don't know. Are, uh, you know, British bunk bunkers. 
Now, they were traveling together in a car. Mm -hmm. They were traveling down the A70, which is a road that leads out of Edinburgh towards the small village of Tarbrax. <laughs> Tarbrax, I mean, Scotland, come on. Sounds like a fucking like demon character in like Diablo or something. <laughs> like, oh, I have to beat Tarbrax. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, in East Lothian, this is a short distance. This is a short drive, Andy. This is 15 miles. Mm -hmm. It's like a 30 to 40 minute trip. They were going, um, they were going to deliver. They were going to go visit a friend. Mm -hmm. Now, one retelling said they were going to drop off a kitchen appliance. However, Andy, some sources claim they were delivering a satellite TV system. Well, which is it? Huh? Kitchen appliances or satellite TV system? Something is already fishy about this story. Are you fucking dope? Who's to say it's not a satellite dish for a TV in the kitchen? You fucking idiot. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, most say it was fucking satellite TV system. Which, what a thing to be delivering to your friends. Jeez Louise, I can't think of anybody in my life who'd be like, yeah, dude, I'll fucking drive 40 miles and bring you this satellite TV system. So if this was the 90s, though, this Early would be 90s. like one of these huge satellite dishes. Probably. This would have been like fucking top of the line gear. Because my family used to have a big satellite dish out in the yard. Like it was so big that it couldn't go on the house. It had to be in the yard. Like and That's what ground. you ate out of at dinner time? <laughs> yeah. They put a little tarp on the bottom so the stuff wouldn't fall through. And uh, yeah, that was my bowl. We uh, we had a, we, I mean, we didn't have that, but we got um, direct TV. Mm -hmm. And so we had a dish on our house, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But in the and early So when 90s? it would rain and shit, like you couldn't watch fucking TV and it sucked. Was that in the early 90s? Well, no, this would have been. Late 90s. Yeah. yeah. Late to mid 2000s. Yeah. Or, or midnight, late 90s to mid 2000s. Because mm -hmm. we just had like, um, whatever, antenna. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bullshit. So it could be a big, could be a big job. Could be a big satellite. Could have been. Uh, but the pair were driving down the A70 road, mm -hmm. you know, 40 miles an hour, talking amongst themselves. It's kind of late. What's that in kilometers? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, without any reason or concern. Can, you should fuck it. They, they should move everything over to the American imperial system. That's right. I said it, UK. You're moving over. No more. They did. They went back. It's both are acceptable now. Yeah, the UK has like they were they're like us. They have a fucked up weird system where they do half metric, half like well, they were all stupid bullshit that makes no sense. They were all metric, but now that they're not in the EU anymore, they went back to imperial. So they they measure things in like pound and stone and yeah, but but then they also have like kilometers still yeah, probably yeah. I think we should just go all metric for everything. Anyway, especially weight. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. Okay, cool. Glad we got that out of the way. Finally. I know I've been elusive on whether I think metric versus imperial in the past, Bungfunkers, but I'm going to go on the record right now and say I think everything should be metric. It just makes more sense. Imperial system doesn't make any fucking sense when you start well, to think about it. Well, hang on now. I don't. It think only makes sense because we're familiar with it. It makes sense because of the time that it was invented. It was things that were relative to those people who invented it. Well, sure. I suppose. But now it makes no fucking it sense. It makes no sense because I don't have, you know. Yeah. Okay. My car gets 40 rods to the hogshead. I don't know <laughs> what it means though. <laughs> so anyway, they're passing around a blind corner close to Harperig. Oh yeah. Passing around a blind corner. I yeah. get it, dude. It's 420. Reservoir. When they noticed 
a dish-shaped object, Andy, hovering in the sky. They described the object as being like two-tiered and estimated to be approximately 20 feet above the road, measuring 30 feet wide. Both of the men later said that the object was metallic, a metallic black in color and had no visible openings or windows. Now, understandably, both of these friends were freaked the fuck out. Now, Gary, like I said, was a mechanic by trade, and he explained that the finish on the dish-shaped object was like nothing he had ever seen before. Terrified, you know, they wanted to be away from whatever the fuck this thing was. They started accelerating and speeding off as fast as they could. Now, their vehicle obviously had to pass underneath this crazy fucking object. Gary described how a shimmer of light descended down on the car. And he would um, later describe that as looking like a detuned television set. Which, so like static? I guess sort of staticky. Mm-hmm. Or is there maybe, is there like a different thing for just detuned? an array of flickering light? Okay, I got it. So, um, oh, so like, it's like, maybe yeah. it's like, it's just flashing. Like, it's, right. what is that? it's doing that strobe thing. Then the men describe being enveloped in total darkness. Gary said that he blacked out for what only felt like a few seconds before being abruptly awoken while back in the vehicle with the car veering off all over the road. I mean, it was a couple seconds, but, you know, if any of us as us drivers know, even if you turn your eyes away from the road for a couple of seconds, which you shouldn't do, right? Like, like things can change for an instant. Yeah. You know, you, you, oh, I'm fucking fiddling around with the radio. I have that bad habit. Always changing the fucking radio, playing around with it. Shouldn't do that. You know? And you're like, oh, fuck. I gotta get eyes on the road. Right? So the car is veering all over the place. Colin is screaming, watch where you're going. They managed to bring the vehicle to a safe stop. Then the men both looked at each other in complete shock and disbelief as to what had just happened. What had just happened? Well, what had just happened was they sat for a moment. Obviously, their nerves fucking greatly unsettled. Tried to calm down, get the adrenaline under control. Then once they were ready, they set off again, continuing on the journey to their friend's home in Tarbrax, discussing what had just happened on the way. Probably just assuming it was a fluke. You know, trying to do that self-comfort thing when you have an strange experience with your friend in a car, alone, late at night, driving. Not weird. Okay. Just two friends going out late at night. Going to the going to the fucking taco place. Getting burritos. Oh, it's a taco <coughs> and burrito place. Taco sp- burrito king. Sp- okay. Yeah, it is taco burrito king. Thank you for naming it. Getting burritos with your friend. I hope I whose hope name no- might be Ian. And then parking outside your house late at night. Not Hamilton. Not Hamilton. He wouldn't get burritos with me. And, you know, just seeing where the night takes you. That's all that is. It's not weird. Not weird. So Colin and Gary believed, you know, that that no time had passed at all, that it was like probably around 1030, right? Mm -hmm. Which was when they were kind of projected to arrive at their friend's house. So they get to the friend's house, start unloading the goods. Their satellite (laughs) dish, you know what I mean? A couple of bottles of iron, bruh. Some uh, satellite TV. That's you're in for a good night. They knocked on his door. So the friend appears from the upper window. He's fucking pissed. He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? 
what the fuck are you doing here? Right? He's annoyed. He goes downstairs. He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? It is almost one in the morning. It's 12.45 in the morning. Colin and Gary are like, oh, this guy's yoinking my boink right now, right? He's yoinking my boink. Uh, yeah. He's pulling my leg. He's boinking my leg. Yeah, he's, he's yoinking boinking, my boink. He's boinking me around. Okay, yeah. come on. Come on, guy. Come on, guy. He's like, no, dude. Somehow their journey to Tarbrex had taken over two hours. Where did those two hours go, Andy? They set off at 10 o'clock. It should have been 10.30 when they arrived. Sunday, it's almost one in the morning. Both men had done this drive several times. They knew it only took 30 minutes. Well, now... Colin and Gary were really fucking freaked out. They attempted to explain to their friend what had happened, what had happened was on the journey. They even drew a sketch of the UFO that they claimed to see hovering above the road. Well, visibly freaked out, possibly literally shaking. Colin and Gary decided to spend the night, hang out with their friend, calm their nerves, get themselves under control, and they leave in the early morning to head back after they had calmed down. So, they obviously decided to take the A-71, which was the long way, instead of taking the A-70 again. The next day, Gary complained of feeling uh, a feeling of complete exhaustion. And not just the type of tiredness caused by a late night, but total and complete, utter exhaustion. Uh, well, this is what Andy and I describe as, quote, the kind of tired that sleep can't fix. Anywho, uh, for the next few days, Gary said his energy like would not improve and that he was having a lot of trouble sleeping and he was having these really disturbing, frightening nightmares, Andy. Well, you know, he's checking in with Colin. Colin's like, yeah, I can't fucking sleep either. So Gary goes to the doctor and he's complaining about these severe headaches he's getting. Oh man, like migraines. Mm. The doctor sends him in for an MRI, which came back as negative. And there was no noticeable medical They could problems. find nothing inside his body. Nothing inside his body or his head. Or whatever the fuck you do for your head that isn't an MRI. I don't know. Are MRIs for the head? Yeah. You can do it, you can do it anywhere because they, what they do is they inject you with magnetic dye. And so then that gets into your bloodstream. And so then they just use the magnetic imagery uh, wherever. Well, here's the thing. Gary went to doctor after doctor who couldn't find anything. The dude goes in for a fucking spinal tap. That's a fucking intense procedure. I know. They've got it turned up to 11. <laughs> but still, they couldn't find anything unusual or concerning with his medical problems. So Gary and Colin had a choice on their hands. And I'm curious, Andy, what would you do in this situation? You have this freaky experience with your friend alone, late at night, in a car, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> totally kill it. Cool. Now, you have this freaky UFO experience. Mm -hmm. You're having these weird medical problems, mm -hmm. which I know you're used to. Yeah. But would I notice? Would you even notice or care? Um, what do you do? You know, obviously what I'm talking about here is, you know, Colin and Gary, they don't go to the police. They don't go to the media. But what would you do? What do you think you'd do? <laughs> yeah. Um. That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I tend to think, if, if I'm answering this question honestly, I tend to think that I'm the type of person that would probably explain away the whole situation and I would never 
I would never think anything of it. I would be like, oh, there's, I would find a hundred other reasons for whatever I'm feeling than saying like, oh, I was in this freaky experience. Like you did with Bob Lazar. Yeah, exactly. Where you had this fucking moment of crisis. I almost believed Bob Lazar. Right. Bunkfunkers, if you haven't listened to our uh, episode on fingerbanging Bob Lazar. It's one of our most highly listened to episodes yeah, of all time. Yeah, I, I talk about it in the episode yeah. while I was researching that week to prepare for this episode. At first, I said, Bob Lazar is full of shit. And I went on this journey where I was like, I actually started to believe Bob Lazar. I was like, I can't, I'm not feeling like he's lying to me. And then I started reading some things critical of Bob Lazar. And then I was like, Bob Lazar is full of shit. Well... I think similar to Colin and Gary, you have a fear of ridicule. So <laughs> they didn't go to the media. They didn't go to the police. Which is surprising yeah. considering how I conduct my life. <laughs> but they, uh, sorry, Bunk Bunkers, Duolingo just sent me another annoying ass fucking message. Shut up. Hey, I've got your family in a room. They can't escape. I've got a gun to their heads. Why don't you Maybe study? it's time for some Spanish, huh? Yeah. So they went to the British UFO Research Association, somewhere they felt would not ridicule them for their right, experience. Right, right. You know what you can always do? In this country, at least. Yeah. You can always contact MUFON. That's true. And they will send an investigator and talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Judgment-free. Judgment-free. Well, this really sparked an interest for Gary. He found himself engrossed in the world of UFOs, mm-hmm. spending most of his time researching the phenomenon in an attempt to understand what the fuck happened to me, you know? Well, he eventually found out about the SPI, the Strange Phenomenon Investigations, and made contact with them and arranged a meeting. I'm an SPI member. Are you? Well, it's not the Strange Phenomena Institute. Oh. It's the Small Penis Institute. I'm a charter member. <laughs> I just want to point out it has nothing to do with girth. It's all about length. The NPI, the Narrow Penis Institute, is the one that focuses on Earth. <laughs> right, right, right. That's not what you're about. Right. <laughs> so after two preliminary meetings with uh, the strange phenomenon, the SPI founder, Malcolm Robinson, no relation to your SPI founder, Malcolm Robinson. Right. Different guy. Different Malcolm Robinson. They suggested that both Gary and Colin undergo the, albeit controversial, technique of hypnotic regression. Mm-hmm. Talked about this before. We'll keep talking about it later. In an attempt to access the memories of what happened during the, quote, missing time, this two hours of time. This is very common in, 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 in UFO, um, you know, in, in, in UFO um, uh, situations, this missing time, right? Mm-hmm. Super common. Now, Robinson would go on to publish one of the foremost books on the encounter. He, he stayed pretty invested in it. And... Um, and, um, you know, even still to this day, communicates via like YouTube comment. If you make a video on it, who knows? He might even comment on this episode if he can get through all the bullshit in the fucking beginning. <laughs> um, although he won't be able to initially Gary and Colin, well, they had some fucking doubts. They're like, mm, no, no. talking on the side of their mouths. <laughs> An initial session was arranged with Helen Walters, the fuck is Scottish this shit? hypnotherapist and psychic. Mm hmm. During the first hypnotic hypnosis session, Gary became extremely emotional, even bursting into tears at one point. Much like myself when I watched the movie Homeward Bound, and much like Andy 
when he watches the young men that he had tied up in his basement escape. It took so much work to get him in there. You gotta buy so many fucking drinks for people. <laughs> Those poor young men, dude. You gotta keep an eye on him. You gotta feed him and stuff and then clean up after him. Once off. So many lies. All that work. Down the drain. So no juicy UFO morsels were uncovered in the first session, though. Gary could only recall, like, these big images, impressions. But in later sessions... Later sessions. Later sessions. <laughs> things got a lot spicier if I do say so myself. There was gold in them there hills. Gold in them there hypnosis sessions. Those hypnosis sessions. So let's get into what Gary and Colin recalled, or I guess regressed, on what happened to them during mm-hmm. those two hours. Yeah. Both of the men claimed to remember sitting in the car while it was at a standstill in the middle of the road when small humanoid creatures... Three on each side. Open both front doors. Colin um, then recalls how they loaded Gary on some kind of stretcher. But the critters were not carrying the stretcher. It like floated freely. It was like a Mm. free floating Mm -hmm. stretcher. So far, pretty milquetoast alien abduction. However, Gary, he didn't remember any of this. Gary remembers the alien critters approaching the car. He felt this... This intense, searing pain in his abdomen. Like us after we did that hot wing eating show competition <laughs> with our friend and, quote, ransom note copywriter for hire, end quote, Nick Simon. <laughs> it's on his LinkedIn. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, bunk fungers. That was a bad night. I did not have fun. It was a I, bad night. I didn't have any problem eating. Yeah. The wings. We were dying. But something afterward, I had Woo! I had like a gas bubble or something that was like caught inside my tummy. And it was some of the worst intestinal pain I've ever experienced. Yeah, Bugfuckers, we've told this story before. But in short, every year, our friend Nick Simon and also Ransom Note copywriter for hire, he would put on a hot wings eating competition show. He did this for like three years running. Three years. It, out of no, his own pocket, no bought pro- chicken wings for That's everybody. That's right. A shout out to Nick Simon. Also, Nick Simon. Ransom note copywriter. Ransom note copywriter, but also a good person on occasion. On occasion. But um, yeah, we had no problems the first years, but then this third year, something happened where we were eating the wings and then like Andy and I were in so much intense pain. All the other patrons of the show had left. Everyone was gone. The The whole venue was empty. Andy and I were fucking like lying on the floor of the theater, dying. I was sweating profusely, not unusual, right? but I was abdomen pain, so much pain. Like I didn't feel like I could leave because I was like, I have no idea what my body is going to do next. Yeah, it was bad. But you know what? You know what fixed it? Sprite. Sprite. I had a Sprite. Yep. And everything was better. Yeah. So it was very similar to that. But uh, Gary described it as very similar to our Hot Wings fiasco (laughs) in that Nick Simon was there. Nick Simon was there. He was forcing him to eat. Yeah. Yeah. No, his stomach muscles were being torn apart. He's quote said, you know, if you've been electrocuted, your muscles all cramp up and it's really painful. Oh. You can't let it go. It was like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. Colin then recalls walking up a ramp into the ship that was still hovering above the road and the ramp was lit by these bright white lights. He then recalls being led down a circular corridor by one of the entities. Now, Colin's memories get very hazy at this point. 
They're much more like jumping from scene to scene or, you know, like photographs. Like, mm-hmm. look at this photograph. It's me being alien probed in a spacecraft. This is where Gary was fucked. They stripped off his clothes and strapped him to a chair. This is where they probed my anus. At the time, I thought, this is pretty fucked up, dude. Why wouldn't you have said heinous? Oh, my God. I don't know. Nickelback doesn't rhyme in that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every time I'm looking out that alien window, like I see the whole world out below what's in my ass. It's a probe. Probe. Anyway. Did you know that um, I used to be a Nickelback fan? Did you? Yeah. So I would go to the music store every once in a while and buy like Nickelback CDs. You know, they were always, they were always priced nine ninety five. Uh-huh. So you give the, you know, give the, the, the store a 10. Yep. And they give you a Nickelback. And then they give you a Nickelback. Wish you could probe by fucking alien. <laughs> Me too. Wish they fucking strap you down and take oh, you man. away. Oh, man. So Colin enters the crowd. Aliens, my anus is ready for you. He goes down a corridor. Next thing he knows, he's in some kind of room. He remembers the room as being relatively featureless, except for an unusual chair with a strange curve. Much oh. like the young men in Andy's basement. Right. Next thing Colin knows, he's butt-ass naked and being strapped <laughs> to a strange chair. Yeah. A sticky chair, no doubt. But unlike the young men in Andy's basement, Colin didn't remember putting up any resistance. <laughs> they might not remember it. The aliens then conducted some sort of non-intrusive physical examination of Colin. All Colin remembers is lying on his back in a weird chair, staring at the ceiling, which had these like weird corrugated and translucent features and soft diffused lights filtering through. Next, Colin was moved like seamlessly into some sort of holding container, like classic sci-fi like movie equipment suspended in liquid test tube containers you know what i mean like a big cylinder full of liquid and yeah he's like floating in it right he was still naked and in the <laughs> container was some kind of transparent glass and his ankles uh like strapped him in colin remembers like you know looking out and seeing numerous other naked men and women all also trapped in containers there wow this does sound like my basement yeah outside of his test tube vessel he saw a cloudy, fog-like substance start to fill the room. And he also claimed that he saw a number of tall, non-human entities, one standing in a doorway opposite him, while a further three of them approached the container that he was being held in. Suddenly, the gas of this container of this test tube began to frost up. And Colin remembers crying out loudly. As soon as he did, the frosting stopped, almost like immediately. And it like re unfrosted in reverse like it condensed in reverse you know very very weird then a strange device appeared from the floor it was long and thin like a rod but had a small triangular head yes bunk funkers like a botched circumcision that's what we were all thinking but this phallic instrument had two glowing red lights on either side of it this mystery machine according to colin had a strange appendage about halfway along the shaft while the base was jointed to the floor. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's very phallic. Yeah. Um, the entire device 
moved up and down continuously, and the appendage swung left to right, caused him no pain or discomfort, but he presumed it was some kind of scanning device, right? Yeah. So they're doing experiments on him. So while Colin is getting scanned with an alien penile pendulum device, let's check back in with old Gary. What's he think about what happened when they boarded the craft, and does it match Colin's description? Similarly to Colin, Gary recalls the circular room off the corridor, but not the weird chair. He recalls a flat table, and even though he wasn't strapped down, he couldn't move. In the middle of the room was a strange black lens-like device. He recalled it as being similar to a Mobius strip. Do you know what that is, a Mobius strip? You ever heard of this? Mobius strip? Right. No, I don't think I know what that is. It's like a, um, it, it was twisting and folding in itself. A Mobius strip is like one of these, uh, I don't know, it's like a mathematical shape. Oh. It's like one of those illusions, you know? Like imagine oh. a long, thin paper strip, and then you twist the strip one time, and then you join the two ends of the strip. It's kind of like that. Oh, I got it. I, yeah, I'm yeah. looking it up. Oh, right. I thought maybe it was like a comic strip based on Mobius. Morbius. Morbius. It's Morbin time. Those are shitty memes. Those memes suck. I'm glad they're gone. Morbius memes. Not a fan. <laughs> Bring back that orb, though. Love that orb meme. Yeah, where's the orb? Uh, Gary didn't know what this strip did. You know, shocking, considering he was a mechanic. He seemed to just know everything. <laughs> but it did make yeah. a whooshing sound <laughs> as if air was being dispersed through it. Gary does recall a long, thin, translucent alien arm that extended over his chest toward his head, which suddenly dropped into his chest close to his shoulder. This memory, this arm memory, was so painful for Gary that he started to convulse while in hypnosis and woke himself up. Very traumatic experience. So. So at a different hypnosis session, Gary recalled a hole forming in the floor. The hole filled with a viscous liquid like some kind of gel. While watching the hole fill with the alien goo, Gary saw a small column rise out of the floor. And he said it was similar in appearance to a tin can. The column continued to rise until it was approximately three feet above the floor and emitted a sound similar to that of an electric motor and slowly began to rotate. Part of the cylinder then arose from the main body of the object and extended towards him, but was level with his eyes. The tip of the device had two glowing red dots at the end. Uh-oh, uh, just like Colin said. <laughs> and then the pool of gel started to vibrate. Then out from the gel, a tall, incredibly thin, and frail-looking creature slowly, almost painfully, emerged. Much like me when I hear mom making Tostino's pizza rolls. <laughs> and I emerged from the basement. You emerged from your cavern of gel? You gelled my gel. cum. Yeah. This is a lot like me. <clears throat> Tall, thin, frail looking creature. Right. I emerge from my basement. I smell those Tostino pizza rolls right. cooking in the oven. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. I actually never had Tostino's pizza rolls. We were a Bagel Bites family. Have you ever had them? I think I've had them. Oh, okay. But not as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I probably didn't have a pizza roll until I went to college. Yeah. Um, because I grew up in this town where you weren't allowed to eat pizza rolls. Uh, because it was considered sinful. Um, so it was bagel bites or nothing. You had a big dance number? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was this big, we had this big dance 
uh, every year festival. Um, we were a Hot Pockets, Taquitos, and Bagel Bites kind of family. Mm, okay, that was our that was our holy trinity of diarrhea. <laughs> God, those fucking Taquitos are something of mad. I gotta get me some of those motherfuckers. We used to. I fuck those were good. Never had them at home, but we used to have them at school. Could buy them all a cart from the God, school cafeteria. Damn it! Akito Day was a popular day. Uh, so good. Now, so okay, so where were we? This tall, thin, frail-looking creature, some kind of alien critter. He described the creature as like a skeleton covered in skin. He said <laughs> that it is appeared, you. It is extremely emaciated with skin over its like ribs, and it looked bruised and discolored. Like uh, this thing was not healthy. Mm-hmm. He said shortly afterward, he discovered that all the creatures struggled with the atmospheric pressure and gravity of Earth, especially the tall, thin, translucent entities, explaining how they often appeared to fall over. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm not getting tall white vibes here, but could be some kind of gray. Yeah. I don't know. He believed that this pool of gel was some sort of healing agent for them. Uh, <laughs> Chalo, Star Wars, uh, we got some aliens taking a dip in your back-to-tank, bro. <laughs> Somebody's stealing the back-to-tank idea from you. Yeah. Somebody give Star Wars a ring. George, George, Lucas, Chalo. Chalo, Starwalker Copyright Ranch. Copyright infringements. Skywalker Ranch. So there's your back-to-Star Wars tie-in. That's the only ranch I'll use. Skywalker Ranch. Great for salads, great for dipping. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, so they have a back to tank in total, about 20 to 30 creatures were present in all. Most were tall, very frail looking gray entities. So I think there was some kind of gray. Uh, here was a quote from Gary. It was white gray in color with a large head and dark eyes with a long slender neck, very slim shoulders and waist. Uh, there were either ribs or folds of skin on its body. The arms were like ours, but there were four very long fingers. Now, there were also little aliens present as well, right? So there's tall ones and little ones. The little ones were about three feet tall and seemed to do all the work while the big ones did the communication. So this is very similar to the grays that we, I think, uncovered where we talked about how there were some robot versions of the grays who are smaller, like to do all the work or are doing all the work. And then there are taller ones who are looking to um, repopulate their planet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one notable variation from this was a smaller, rather bizarre-looking entity that apparently had a heart-shaped head. Kind of like E.T. There's only one of these? There's only one. On its face, he described strange, familiar markings. These were like colored facial stripes, three diagonal on each cheek, very similar to those you would normally associate with, like, Native American tribes. Now, hear me out. These might just be upper-middle-class aliens claiming native heritage to get into stretch schools. Just a theory. Wow. This is a real, like, E.T. admission scandal. Right. Gleep Glorp, I'm like 116th Cherokee, though. (laughs) Gleep Glorp, yes, I am on the water polo team for my school. I definitely have played water polo before. (laughs) Also, I am not a robot. (laughs) Even more strangely, he said that a small man, a human-looking man, dressed in a smart black suit, complete with collar and tie, 
was watching the proceedings. He was standing amongst the entities. They mm. all showed him a high level of respect. Mm. Like he was in charge. So while looking at the critters, Gary asked in his mind, "What? why are you doing this? They responded telepathically with one word, sanctuary. And when they entered his mind, they created a two-way connection so Gary could see fragments of their memories. The entity said to him, quote, in many ways, you are more advanced than us, but you have been capped. Our existence is much like yours, your own. We also have concerns and needs, end quote. Oh boy. Oh boy. Again, here we go <laughs> with this fucking cryptic. And what an annoying cryptic thing to say. Like, could you be any more vague aliens? Oh, much like yourselves, human creatures. We too have needs and wants. This ain't a fucking TV show. Okay. I know what they're after. State what it is you want out of this relationship and let's work towards achieving our goals. They're not probing that butt with scientific instruments. I'll tell you that much. What are they doing? This is a sexual thing. These aliens are saying, we're horny. We need to fuck. We got needs and wants just like you. We got needs and wants just like you. You want to come? We want to come. I want to get my alien rocks off. Um, in another session, Gary's memories take a jump. And he recalls being taken to some kind of underground place where he could see tunnels leading off from a huge central chamber built from a solid rock where he saw another spacecraft of some kind. Then there was another memory jump and Gary recalls what was the most disturbing part of his abduction. Gary remembers seeing a young woman fully nude. <laughs> <laughs> Was that really part of the story? Did yes, you add that? Okay. That's part of the story. <laughs> okay. On the floor facing the wall with one of the tall creatures standing next to her. Mm. Gary remembers her hair being loose and shaggy with blonde highlights. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, Gary. She's already having a bad time. You got to dunk on her. You got to dunk on her fucking hair. Her, 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 her drip was not it. Big yikes. Wait for the glow up for real, for real. No cap. <laughs> like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. She just got abducted by aliens. She's having a bad time. He's like, mm, well, highlights needed some work. Yeah, she was looking kind of mid for real. <laughs> the woman was shivering with her knees pulled up to her chin, sitting with her arms folded tightly over her legs, cradling herself. She had been crying. It was in the same predicament as Gary. That's wow. the story. Yeah. Sounds a lot like my wife. After she realized what the mistakes she made marrying you. Yeah, she just does that most of the day. She sits around crying. <laughs> yeah. Aftermath. So after multiple sessions, the hypnotist, um, the hypnotherapist, Helen, fully believed Colin and Gary's opinions. Gary and Colin had differing experiences with their alien abduction, but they also dealt with it differently, right? Gary became deeply entranced with the UFO world and the paranormal, and started his own UFO research group. He worked with other UFO researchers mm -hmm. like Ryan Holiday. Colin, on the other hand... We would have called him Ryan Vacation in the U.S. Right. <laughs> Colin, on the other hand, totally rejected it. Rarely discusses it. Doesn't want to talk about it with anybody. He's done. Now, a two-page report on what became known as the A-70 incident was sent to the Ministry of Defense's UFO desk in 1996. Who sent the report? I don't know. Okay. 
And this incident, along with seven others in Scotland, were declassified by the MOD in 2012. The newly released, well, the then released documents also include details of a lengthy briefing on UFO policy, which was given to Tony Blair when he was prime minister, when the government was about to implement the Freedom of Information Act. And the findings of a, quote, unexplained aerial phenomenon, end quote, study which suggested that some UFOs were rare atmospheric plasmas that could be harnessed or used by the military as novel weapons or, uh, and technology. Also, a uh, production company, DRB Entertainment, recently announced, well, not recently, this would have been in like 2012, uh, plans to make a movie of the A-70 incident and leading Scottish actor Billy Boyd. Most famous for playing Pippin, Lord of the Rings. Oh. Uh, you know, was expected to feature in wow. that movie. Did they make the movie? I don't think so. I don't think it ever got picked up. So let's move on. Let's go to the skeptics dunk tank here. Because <laughs> you're going to dunk on this incident? No, the skeptics are going to dunk on it. Okay. Not far off from where Gary and Colin saw the alleged UFO spacecraft near Harp. Harpering Reservoir is RAF Kirk Newton, UK Air Force Base. The pair could have easily seen a military aircraft or even a prototype aircraft that night. Now, that's no explanation for the missing time. There's no explanation for their medical conditions. But it is a possibility to explain away the craft that skeptics use. The other main point is the hypnotic regression, which is uh, likely one day a topic in and its own. But uh, hypnotic regression has been discussed, you know, in, in many other topics that we've covered. The idea of implementing false memories, we explored that in Mandela Effect especially. Mm-hmm. Basically, at the end of the day, human memory is highly fallible, right? Yep. Easily coerced. <coughs> and hypnotic regression usually falls prey to this or is the catalyst for this. Now, also, maybe you caught this, Bunk Funkers, some of you more skeptical and sleuthy Bunk Funkers, but uh, between the time of the event and when they first started talking to the UFO research group and got linked with the SPI, Gary and Colin were doing what? They were researching UFOs. Gary was researching UFOs mm-hmm. to help explain what happened to him. Mm-hmm. He's reading other stories, he's getting implanted with ideas. He then go and does hypnotic regression. Mm-hmm. Bada bing, bada boom. Now, now in in to retort some of this, um, the like UFO researchers like Malcolm Robinson will bring up that Gary took lie detector tests, multiple ones, and he passed every single one. Now you can also start arguing how valid is a lie detector test because you can break them. So the key here to clench your ass is that Gary didn't know what happened to him. Right. So if through regression, he begins to actually believe that whatever he says during regression is actually what happened to him, yeah, of course he's going to pass a lie detector test because he doesn't think he's being deceptive. Right. He's not being deceptive. Right. Even though he might not be telling the truth. Good point, Sandy. You're you're obviously throwing, throwing baseballs at the skeptic dunk take, hoping to hit that bullseye and drop and dunk. These two Scottish gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Dunning's out here throwing heaters. Yeah, he is. Whipping uh, his balls out. Straight at the dunk tank. Trying big, to hit these two gentlemen's big, beautiful balls. Get them wet. Big, handsome balls on that guy. Yeah. Well, bugfuckers, get out your iron, bro. 
and take a sip because if you ever find yourself being strapped into a weird chair or a table fully nude and a strange thin rod-like device with glowing red dots is waved in front of your face, you're not. It's just my basement. In fact, we encourage you, take a bite or to simply fork, attempting to feed you the whole enchilada. Yum. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Welcome back, motherfuckers! That was our research of the A-70 incident. What do you think, Andy? Someone wetting your whistle? <laughs> I would say that Get my whistle has been jelly. dipped in alien jelly. This is a this is a very classic alien abduction story. So many notes. Mm-hmm. Weird chair. Um, you know the, the 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 being trapped in that goo. Um, floating stretcher. But none of this stuff is kind of original, right? Like this is all no. They're not the original. This is not like the... It's very cliche. Right. I would say there's almost nothing in this that hasn't been seen or done before. And Mm -hmm. like even, I don't know, well, it would have had to have been, but like I think the X-Files references this a lot too. There's like tons of stuff in this story that you see in the X-Files. Like you see this a lot with abductions, the missing time. That's a big one. Right. Right, the weird getting strapped into a weird chair, getting experimented on. Yeah, um, 
you know, being held in like a tank kind of thing, like, mm-hmm. a, like a fucking test tube thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I always think about these things. Like the missing time. That's something that could be ver- validated, right? You sure. know, like, you know, when they showed up at the guy's house because there's a third party who can say, hey, here's the time that they came and I was pissed off at them because it was so late. Then I start to wonder, you know, they're really missing time. Did they really leave when they said they left? Um, Is there more to the story? I'm always, I'm always, you you look, I'm always doubtful, right? Yeah. I'll say skeptical because that sounds nicer, but I'm doubtful, right? So I'm always thinking what really happened. Are these two guys more than friends? Maybe. Did they stop off for a little romantic rendezvous? Possibly. And they showed up late and they thought, oh, he won't care. And then he was like, fuck you guys. Why'd you show up so goddamn late? Supposed to bring over my fucking TV set. I wanted my fucking satellite. I don't know, man. I mean, they obviously, they didn't report it for like a little while Mm -hmm. after. Yeah. Story. So that's one thing too. I think with the UFO encounter, I get why people don't report it. But probably there would be fewer questions if they reported it right away. Yeah. Because, you know, with well, the re- people are afraid of people like you mocking them and fucking uh, dunking on them. dude. Well, look, I'm going to mock you either way. Even if it really happened and everybody agrees, I'm going to mock you for something else. You don't have to be ashamed and you don't have to worry about me because I'm li- not going to respect you and I'm not going to not mock you. Right. Okay. They should just live their lives like you live your life, which is constant ridicule. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Duh. I am a beacon of hate and scorn. And this is why. Beacon of hate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm more like a bacon of hate. Yeah, you are. Because I'm a little piggy. So I just feel like, look, we talked about this a lot before. Regression analysis is kind of suspect. It's pretty sus. Super sus. Um, You know, I don't know how well regression analysis works. Yeah. Um, And. It's like the problem with it is that people have to lead you there, right? And that's the real issue is that they've got to they've got to lead you into the scenario. So you can't really just like put somebody under hypnosis and just say tell me what you wanted to tell me. Right. You know, like you could do if somebody's conscious cuz you're going to have to like guide them a little bit. And then that's the whole part of like regression is like, "Oh, I'm going to help you like unlock this." Mhm. So there's just naturally to me, I mean, and I'm no expert. I don't do regression. There's some leading. Right. And that's the big problem with it is that people can say, well, you led them there. Like, of course, they're going to come out with that because you've pointed them in that direction. Mm. And then when you're thinking like, oh, well, Gary's already looking into UFOs and stuff makes the whole thing pretty sus because, of course, it's going to be on his mind. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 the thing that. You know, without leading our verdicts here, bunk funkers, but um, you know that this that that makes the story super sus is just that he was researching tons mm-hmm. of UFO stuff and probably talking to Colin, right, and being like, "Dude, this is what fucking like this, this, and this. Like this person said this thing, and that's mm-hmm. what happened to us. Like that explains it." And it's like, okay, and they go and you have like this hypnosis procedure done, and it's like, all right, yeah, it really did happen. It's like, I wonder how I would feel if their stories had been identical. 
Yeah, the stories aren't identical. They're not they're not exactly the same. And you know, I guess it's at some point you could probably say like, well, maybe they maybe they wouldn't necessarily be the same. But I didn't get the sense from the story that they felt like they were going through this by themselves. More like they were going through it together, right? Right. I mean, they're they not both like got abducted. separated. Yeah. No, they were separated. Oh, okay. So it's just, I think. So yeah. So then maybe it could be plausible. It's that, not a very linear timeline. Like they, they, yeah, there's, yeah. they're just these are multiple memories over multiple hypnosis sessions. Right. Yeah, we don't really have the ability to piece it together right. into one cohesive timeline. What's even happening between the sessions? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Because they could be talking about it. Right. So who knows? Maybe the first like session. Like you did when you were on the jury. Right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what to make heads or tails of this. So I was calling my family every night and asking them for their opinions. And they were telling me, well, here's what the news was saying. So that really helped me out. You ever uh, done anything like that? Been on a jury? Like a long jury like that. No, I've never been selected for jury duty. I think that, I think the courts know. That you're just, that I can't make a decision that I'm not really that I'm lower than other people. So I'm not really their peers and it's supposed to be a jury of your peers. And I'm such a degenerate that I really don't, I'm in a, you know, like a subclass of human. That's right. So they never, they never select me for jury duty. And it could be because I've never voted and I refuse to register to vote. Right. Because. I don't want to be responsible for what happens. I only want to complain. <laughs> Spoken like a true American. Um, <laughs> no, I never got selected before. My dad was a judge. Mm. But I don't know why. I've never gotten called for jury duty. In mean, Chicago. Yeah, it's like, but like one of those intense ones where you're like there for fucking yeah. months, month long trial or something. Yeah. Never done that. How do you even find people for that? Um. Well, that's the thing is you get a lot of people get called to to like interview, like go to selection. Right. But then they only pick people that fit the whatever they're after. So, you know, the key is to just go in there and say that you're like prejudiced against everybody. Right. And that you don't and that whatever the crime the person's being convicted of that you don't need to hear any facts. You know that they did it because of, you know, like you can say, oh, they got a name. Seems like a bike thief. And then they'll be like, oh, well. Or you can tell them that you're in law school. You can't do it if you're in law school? They probably don't want you. You know too much about the law. You know our our tricks. See, all the things that you do is just go in there and perjure yourself. Just lie (laughs) to them under oath. You have to be under oath? I don't know. I've never done it. I assume you can't lie. Yeah. How's anybody going to tell? I mean, does that go on? That's the thing, though. Does that stuff go on the record? I don't know. I've never been selected. Hmm. I don't know if I'd ever put you on a jury. I, I I don't think if I was up for some kind of crime and I saw you on the jury, I'd be like, fuck it. I'm taking a plea deal. This fucking guy, <laughs> this fucking asshole is going to find me guilty. Just if you saw me. Definitely would not like it would be a jury would be my worst jury would be like you. Both of my friends, Ian Hamilton and the other, because I don't think I think the three of you would no matter what, even though you're my friends, you wouldn't I'd be like none of you would ever have the thought of like 
we have to like help Art. He's our friend. Yeah, no. None of you would have the thought. If we really felt that you did it. Fucking Ian would sit there and be like, well, point of decorum, Art was wearing that outfit that was found with the blood stains on it. And I'd be like, you fucking. You do know the jury doesn't get to like test participate in court, right? No, I know that. But this would be like in your fucking little jury room. (laughs) In our deliberations. Well, obviously you guys can never be on a jury because you know me personally. But right. Let's just hypothetically. Plus we're both convicted felons. So. Um. You know, and, and my other buddy Ian would do the same fucking thing. He would, he would, I know, you know, why I know that because I played Risk with him one time. Wow. And he fucked me over Risk. Why? Look, he, we, it was me and him. We had like equal footing. Well, no, we didn't have equal footing. I was, I, I had control over Australia and then a couple of disparate countries. So I was on my back foot. Not was in a this, good position to be. Was this late game? It was me, him, and one other person. So it was late game. Ooh. I think I had South America too. So I think oh, I had Australia okay. and South America. But yes, no, that was it. Because it would have... He did make probably the right decision to go after me. Because it was me and him and a third friend. And instead of taking out the third friend and going at me mano a mano with like equal power. He fucking took me out. He started attacking me with the third friend who was weaker, mm-hmm. allowed the third friend to get more powerful, mm-hmm. which it ended up being like temporarily. Uh, yeah. Mono y mano anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> but he took me out first. Yeah. Didn't honor any kind of code. No, no honor amongst you three. That would be my worst jury. Wow. What would be your worst jury? I would give you, I would, t- I would be such a great fucking jury. You'd be so lucky to have me as the judge in your fucking trial, dude. Hmm. Worst jury for me. You know I'd fucking help you out. Yeah, I think worst. I'd be a gra- I'm a great and loyal friend. I'd be a great, great friend to have on a jury. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, you did it. Whatever it is, you're guilty. I Even think- in the hypothetical scenario. I mean, honestly, I think the worst jury for me would just be three people who don't know me. <laughs> Like just three regular people. Because <laughs> they probably start introducing all this character evidence against me and these yeah. people would be like, ooh, this is really disgusting. Yeah. This is really shocking. <laughs> this is a really abhorrent person. <laughs> like I would have to get, I would, the best jury for me would be three people that know me. You think? Yeah. Because you're right. I mean. It'd be three people who know you but don't know you well. Wow. You think the more you get to know me, the less you're willing to help me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Three acquaintances. Yeah. Three acquaintances. <laughs> this is, there's this line you cross. Regular people who don't know me aren't willing to help me. Right. But then people who, who know me only a little bit are like, oh, that's a nice person. Then people who know me really well are like, it's not. He's not. <laughs> but you should have believed your gut instinct. Yeah, you should have trusted trusted how you felt before you knew him. <laughs> I can't wait. For it's the, all an act. For the Discord response from Ian Hamilton as well about how he fucking absolutely would put me on trial, put me to death. Yeah. I mean. That's why he's their nemesis. He's the Discord judge in the Discord. I yeah. mean, he's already putting all of our boink boinkers on trial. He's boinking their doink in there. Yeah. But um, that would be, yeah, that would be a bad jury for me. 
Yeah. True to my peers. I, I agree. If, uh, if I, I wouldn't help you. If I knew you were guilty. I have a sovereign duty to do. Being a juror is a responsibility. Not to be taken lightly. <laughs> if you're guilty, you pay. You would help me, but you would also dangle that carrot in front of me. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, Andy, I'm on trial for, I could go to jail for the rest of my life. And you'd be like, well, it's a sovereign duty, Art. I'd be like, Andy, Andy. And you'd be like, oh, well. Make it worth my while. Andy, or you'd be like, all right, I gotta. <clears throat> I would probably be a shitty juror anyway. You think? Because... What do I love to do more than anything? Does not make decisions. Play devil's advocate. Yep. So I would get in that jury that jury deliberation room, and people would be like, "Well, this is how we feel about this," and I'd be like, "Well, but think about this, huh? Have you thought about this part of it?" <laughs> you'd be the you'd be mm-hmm. the one of the you'd be the twelve angry men. You'd be the one men. Like I would agree with everybody at the end, and they would. But well, you raised all these questions. Now we don't know what to think, and I'd be like, "Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, didn't, didn't agree. I'm just saying you should think about it." <laughs> Yeah, you would. They're like, well, now we don't know what to vote. And I would be like, well, you got to think about it. Then they come to a decision later and I'm like, well, did you consider this thing? (laughs) Yeah, that's why I wouldn't want you on my jury. And then I'd have them all think I'm fucking innocent. You'd have have this thing one. Totally one. And you'd be like, well, did you guys think about this? And they'd be like, to play devil's advocate here. That'll teach Art to ever fucking comment on my road rage. <laughs> oh man, bunkfunkers, what do you think? Who, who's uh, who's somebody you don't want on your jury in your trial? It doesn't matter what you did. Yeah, but who's somebody you don't want on your jury? Yeah, if you got to go to the court, who do you not want to see in the jury box? Are there any celebrities you wouldn't want to see in a jury? How come celebrities are never getting jury duty? Ah, uh, you can get out of it. You know the right people. Yeah, you know the strings to pull. They'll get you out of it. Um, For me, the answer's no. No celebrities I wouldn't want to see. I don't have a close enough relationship to any celebrities. I guess Gary Busey. He's a celebrity? <laughs> yeah. He celebrity. seems like a fucking wild card. I don't know if I want him <laughs> in my courtroom. I'm his Gary Busey pet judge. Yeah, he can't be in there because he's he's in he's in the legal system, mm. so he probably won't get selected. Um, <laughs> no, I can't think of any like celebrities. I don't know, you know. Andy Dick. Yeah, Andy Dick would be pretty pretty bad. Kind of unpredictable. He's very unpredictable. Well, unstable. I don't know. Do we get a lot of like unstable celebrities anymore? I feel like that's kind of gone away. Because now you kind of have more of the influencer is the is the modern day celebrity. Mm. I mean, you still have a few. You have your Jack Harlow's, you have your Timothy Chalamet's, you have your Ariana Grande's, but they're all relatively tame. Yeah. You're Justin Bieber's. It's kind of going through some rough times right now. Yeah, we don't have any really wild celebrities. No, you don't. That stuff seems like that's gone away. Now you just have like influencers who are doing stupid shit. Don't get me wrong. 
<laughs> but um, there, I don't. This doesn't seem like they're as debaucherous as they used to be. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong though. Yeah, where's the debauchery? Bring back debauchery. I'd want a peer of these like Twitch fucking influencers to be like, oh, he's going to sus. Pretty cringe. I'd be like, come on. Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe like, I wouldn't want to see like YouTube stars in my jury selection box. I don't know, man. There's a couple of YouTubers that I'd be like, you know what? Some of them are, some of them are fake as fuck, but so there's some that are like down to Unless earth. it's Dr. Todd Grande. I 100% would want Dr. Todd Grande. Yeah. That guy's fucking great. Yeah. Get him in my jury box. Yeah. Definitely want to see him. That guy's going to be fair and balanced. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have a fair assessment from a psychological he'll, profile. He'll definitely understand that I'm guilty. <laughs> Will convict me. Put me in prison where I And that's what I deserve. Um. Yeah. So anyway, aliens... Uh, what do we, what do we, what do we, what else do we want to talk about with this one? It is a pretty classic story, I have to say, but it's classic because like you said, it's like a lot of cliche kind of elements. So it feels like it's very much hitting all the notes, you know, of like your classic alien abduction story. Yeah. Um, you know, the saucer shaped craft hovering above the missing time, the, the gray aliens. Mm hmm. I do have to agree with you. I think they were probably grays. Yeah. Doesn't seem like a tall white thing. No. Yeah, because what? Tall whites don't don't really abduct. No. They're not an abducting species. No, they're more of a... Um, um, you know, use us and abuse us. Right. Leave us. Right. Use and abuse. Yeah. Taunt. Taunt. They only do deals that benefit them. They only do deals that benefit them, and they're super fast. Yeah. No, this is very much classic grays. Yeah, even in some of the artistic <clears throat> depictions. Yeah. Uh, these are classic grays. And um, the heart-shaped aliens, too. They're very E.T.-esque. Oh, I hadn't thought about now, that. Now, I yeah. don't remember. When did E.T. come out? E.T. came out in, like, 88 or 89. So this would have been in the zeitgeist. This would have been, been post-E.T. Uh, let's see. When did E.T.? About 1982. Oh well, fuck me. Wow, you were way off. Oh, way off. Almost 10 years off. Um, so this was this was already a classic by the time this thing happened. Ten so, years old. <coughs> also, you know, as we've as we've discussed before, right, with Jacob, um, that I Jacob think, Carson. That's right, Jacob Carson. Is uh that the UK maybe not as, in his opinion, not as accepting of mm -hmm. UFO. Mm -hmm. stuff in pop culture and in society. Mm -hmm. There are a lot fewer famous UFO encounters mm -hmm. from the UK, but it seems like, you know, like what Jake said, people generally are just more dismissive of it right. than they are in the USA. And so, um, uh, you know, I think, um, That's what probably some of these researchers and people who like these topics, like Malcolm Robinson, who wrote the kind of the big book on it, this big book, buy it on Amazon, the A70 incident. But he, you know, will say they, these are important stories to tell. 
these are important. Maybe that's one of the reasons why. Yeah. Reducing the stigma. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with people coming forward when they have an experience. But there's also nothing wrong with being critical, skeptical of the experience. There's a lot to be skeptical with this one. So maybe we should probably get to our verdicts here, Andy. What do you think? Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yoink your boink here, bunkers. I'm not I'm not gonna come in here and I'm not gonna pretend to be something that I'm not. I am who I am, Beavers. All right. Um, so I'm just gonna go case closed because fundamentally. I don't believe that extraterrestrials come here and routinely abduct human beings. You know, I don't really think that there's this constant continual contact human beings with extraterrestrials. Yeah. And there's nothing in this story that really made me go, okay, this is the one, right? This is the one baby. This is the one that's like, everything hits the mark for me. It's see, I mean, it's a good story. It's interesting. Like, sure. But it's, it feels very, like in the fairway for a UFO encounter for an abduction story. Very milk toast. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that something has to be like over the top right. for me to believe it. But I mean, there's some there's some pretty obvious reasons to be skeptical here. So I'm being skeptical. This one has some glaring issues in it. And I think I think it's fair. <clears throat> and I'm I also think I'm case closed on it just because it's like you've got that Air Force Base or Royal Air Force, right there, yeah, RAF, right. You've got so you've got an Air Force base. You got like I can't explain the missing time. I can't. But then you've got the guys looking up UFO stuff for a long time before reaching out. Here's my thing with hypnotic regression. That's them saying the missing time. There's nobody to validate that, right? Like there's no objective measure to say like, yeah, okay, you know, there's not like there's like CCTV footage where you can see like, oh, here's, we captured this thing, this weird thing in the image and here's the car approaching. And then here's when it drives away two hours later and the car was like totally empty that whole time or something. We haven't done a lot of alien abductions. We really haven't. In fact, no. I don't know. This might be one of the first. I don't even know. I can't remember anymore. Wow. Yeah. As far as like classic, classic alien abductions. abduction story. Yeah. We've done alien visitation. We've done UFO sighting. We've never even done Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. There's a lot we haven't done, but, um, or Fred and Wilma mountain. <laughs> Who could forget? Wilma. Um, Barney. Um, Barney, you're probing my pebbles. Can't not do it. It's too fun. It's a great bit. Travis Walton is another big one. Yeah. You know, we've never done any of those. And and I think it's just, this one just hits too many. It's just like they were researching stuff. And then the only thing we have is the hypnotic regression. And then, yeah, okay, there is the lie detector test. But again, hypnotic regression, you're, you're putting all these ideas in your head and then like, retroactively confirming that it's just too much and it just there's just not it's just not there yeah i mean i think we can both agree that it's just one i can't buy into is that gary and colin probably had an experience that they didn't understand like something happened to them while they were driving that night and they didn't quite like understand what they saw because weird stuff happens to people and i'm not going to discount that 
But then it's like, once you take such a big break, you're researching UFO stuff, then you do hypnotic regression, which is, I mean, a little bit flawed to begin with as a tool mm-hmm. of, of accessing stuff. Because like you said, our memory is basically whatever we make it. So it's not really, it's not really a good record necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you like factor into that, okay, if they don't know what they had happened to them, so they, they hear about what they said during regression, well, they don't have anything else to go on. So of course they're going to just say like, okay, the re- thing, <clears throat> the thing that happened in regression is what I believe. So all we can really deduce from that, in my opinion, is that they don't, they themselves don't have a better explanation for what happened to them, that they're not purposefully trying to hide something. You know, it's not like, oh, we were, we were fucking each other for two hours and we made up this story about a UFO. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We stopped to fuck each other and it lasted two hours. Right. Gary's like, I couldn't come. Because whatever, I've been taking this medicine that makes it, these antidepressants that make it really hard to come. Right. And it took forever. Right. And and Colin got tired halfway through. Uh, and so we had to wait a little bit. And then finally we both finished. But it was two hours. We didn't expect it to take this long. <laughs> Did that, that's not what happened. And then they go yeah. and it's like the lie detector. Right, it's like, right. It's like, oh yeah, I saw this. Right. I shit. Yeah, I definitely wasn't, you know, yeah, sucking my friend's dick. Yeah, it definitely wasn't my friend's penis with a red probe <laughs> into my butthole. Red glowing red probe. <laughs> well, bugfuckers, uh, maybe you think that. I don't know. Maybe you're not as crass as us, but um, <laughs> let us know what you think about the A70 encounter. Yeah. Use the hashtag. Ooh, use the hashtag alien jelly. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. You can email us, Mr. Bunker Pod at gmail.com. Look us up on the internet, www.mrbunkersconspiracy.com. With your parents' permission. With your parents' permission. Uh, we do have a little disclaimer at the front that you have to be over 13 to go onto our website because it is explicit. Uh, and if you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so, join us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Five bucks a month gets you access to over 40,000 hours. Maybe. I don't know. A lot, a lot of hours of uh, behind the scenes bonus content. There's a video of us. So if those of you who are obsessed with the face reveal want to see what the fuck we look like. I mean, I don't know. People like that shit. Hey, and I'll tell you what. You're it's, not going to like it. It's worth it. You will not. You will. You will regret it. You will cancel your Patreon after you see the video. <laughs> you get a bunker alarm too, right? So yeah, a yeah, lot we'll of stuff. Ring Discord. Ringy ding ding. Dead bunker alarm for you. Um, Andy. Yeah, Art. Any last words? Any boinking? Any last boinks? Hey, I'll say, hey. I'll, I'll reiterate what I said again. Because I'll, I'll agree with, um, with, um. The uh, IAP guy, ISP guy. What's his name? Malcolm? Sure. SPI. SPI. Malcolm. And I'll say it's important to report these things. You know, have somebody who's qualified to investigate. Come look at it. Like I said, you can call MUFON. Yeah, they're qualified. They'll send an investigator. You're qualified. They get their investigators. Sure. Investigator will come and talk to you about it. You can file a little report. Better to have it on the record. 
It's good that we have a catalog of these events. Sure. Take some, yeah, like, like you know, yeah, reach out and actually take some 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 more standardized measurement for sure. Yeah, now there's a lot of good, you know, it's different than it was in 1992. There's lots of good organizations you can go to. I mean, they existed in 1992, but I think it's a lot easier to find them now with the internet and stuff. Mm. <laughs> so go report it. Talk to somebody. You don't have to wait. You don't have to feel shame. We all have stuff we don't understand. I don't understand a lot of things. And I'm not shy. So much you don't understand. How does rain work? <laughs> Magnets. Yeah. Rainbows. Um, all those fucking songs. All those lyrics of that the, song. The in, internal parts of our body. Yeah. My own anatomy. The microphones we're talking into right now. Don't understand it. It's magic to me. Yeah. I have a vague conception of what happens inside and it has something to do with vibrations. How does that get converted to electronic things and how does that get into your ears? I don't fucking know. Little tiny elves. That's my explanation. <laughs> well, Andy, very true. Already uh, stone and the little elves. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's time that we uh, we get unabducted. We get off this abduction that we're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, feel a kinship with these guys. because That's uh, true. Uh, we're getting abducted every week, so... <laughs> Um, and but, probed and for not the uh, you know our abductor the titular Mr. Bunker but for my galvanized wow go Standy Hart I'm going to start saying that was the whole enchilada wow. uh, it was supposed to be an alien spaceship but it didn't sound very good anyway you're abducted now bye You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.